Vibes. This is Cal Dodd. You're now listening to Geek Vibes Live. You're listening to Geek Vibes Live presents Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hello, everyone out there. Sorry for yelling at you. This is another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance with myself, the man they call Dane, a.k.a. Shrimp Noodle. Um, I just gave myself that nickname. Don't worry about it. And, of course, my co-host, Christopher Patton. Brother Ray, Bro, I'm, how I'm are you doing, sir? I'm like, I was really giggling at, at the man that called Dane. He's the man that called Dane. I, I like your reference to the old school Sting theme song. Huge Sting mark, obviously, but it's still funny. Dick of Sting. It's the man <laughs> called Sting. Yeah, dude, I, I'm a huge Sting fan. That's, why do you think I like Finn Balor so much? That's not true. I like Finn Balor because... Of his wrestling abilities too, but yeah, mostly because Muda, of course. <laughs> yeah, because you're uh, a Muda fan. I do love Muda too, and I, I love his. Uh, you know, I put Sonata in my friggin' top five, I think, for favorite New Japan wrestlers. So, and it's you know based off of lineage. You know, that's his mentor. So, and Finn for that reason too. Um, but either way. You know, uh, there was a bunch of wrestling this last weekend, Chris. Um, there was four straight days in Brooklyn, which sounds like a movie that was made in the 90s, but it's not. Uh, literally, they started off Saturday night, and they had NXT uh, take over Brooklyn. Uh, then they would move to SummerSlam, and then they had Raw, SmackDown, and ending it with 205 Live, all in Brooklyn at the Arena. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but uh, craziness. Lots of good wrestling for the most part, which is also craziness for WWE. But for a lot of the stuff that we're about to go over, uh, a lot of good stuff. But, uh, guys, tonight we're going to be – basically we have some news items we're going to talk about. We have some topics, just a couple quick ones we're going to talk about. And then we'll go over NXT TakeOver and also SummerSlam. And if we can get Ron SmackDown in there, shit, well then, you know, we'll have a dandy – Maybe we'll actually do uh, Global Force Wrestling's last. We're not going to do that. But I, I don't even think Chris can't even improvise um, trying to do that. But we will be talking about Jim Cornette, so don't you worry. So uh, I guess let's start things, Chris, um, with some news items. All right, uh, chime the music. We had two people that showed up on SmackDown. Well, listen to this bullshit. Raw gets John Cena who just goes from one program to the other program. SmackDown gets two huge names in one night. We have the glorious one himself, Bobby Roode, making his debut going against Aiden English on SmackDown. A lot of people had assumed, I think, is, is, is a good word for it, that he might be going against uh, AJ Styles for once he did the Open Challenge. But either way, the glorious one, lost title at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Um to Drew McIntyre, and uh, now is climbing to the main ranks, and came out, I mean, I, I, I know they've always tried to have him like a heel, but he's so damn over. So how did you uh, like seeing the Glorious One make his debut on SmackDown, and do you think they're going to be going babyface or heel with Bobby Roode? Man, I love the fuck out of this. Uh, I was very excited Um not only for the entrance, but also the match itself. I thought he had a really good match. He gave 
some offense to an opponent that I think most people would have squashed in the same position. I, um, the crowd reaction to Bobby Roode was great. I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes uh, next week as far as SmackDown goes when they're outside of Brooklyn because they just watched him at TakeOver. So some of those NXT fans were definitely there. Um, but, yeah, man, this was this was awesome. I'm a huge Bobby Roode fan, have been a huge Bobby Roode fan since uh, Beer Money back in the day. So I'm stoked to see him on the main roster. I, I think he fits SmackDown the best. I'm kind of glad that he's not just lost in the main event shuffle that is uh, Monday Night Raw at the moment. And I thought he cut a really good promo afterward. They didn't really lean one way whether he's going to be a healer or face or not. And I think that kind of could set him up in a spot where you could see him going against someone like Jinder, or you could see him going the other route and going for a U.S. title against AJ Styles. So I think they left him in a good spot for his debut, and I think it gave those fans something to be very excited about who were in the building. Um, and otherwise, like, this, I mean, this was a great, like, entrance slash, like, as a TNA fan, I was so stoked that, that Bobby Roode showed up. So I don't even know how to put it into words, man. I got really excited when the music hit. And I, I should have known it was coming, and I kind of did once to drop the title. But at the same time, it was still a, a great surprise. They could have held off on it for a while. They could have had him go back after his title. They could have done a bunch of things. But this was uh, this is awesome. I liked his promo afterwards. So uh, the, entire, the entire thing I, I give very, very high uh, applause to. Yeah, man, uh, it was it was it was it was glorious to say the least to see uh, Bobby Roode there. But I agree with you uh, because I watched TNA at the beginning uh, before I got out of wrestling, and I really enjoyed it. And now it's kind of funny, you know. It sucks that a lot of these guys, near forty or, or even older, but it's great to see Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, a lot of these guys that we saw in TNA really kick some ass and now bring it to the main roster. I feel the same way once um, uh, Eric Young transitions. Like, they all deserve it. They're all incredible wrestlers, and it just seems like it just makes sense um, to have a lot of them there. Bobby Roode's going to be doing great. I think that he is going to have that Ric Flair type of persona where he can act like a heel, but somehow everyone likes him because he's basically had that. But the thing is, the difference is, are they going to have him do some really heel shit like he did in NXT? Because especially towards the end against Roderick Strong, he uh, he was he was full heel pretty much. I mean, people, it's it's kind of like the Miz at that point. Uh, so we'll find out, but it's just great to have Bobby Roode back. Well, not back here uh, in SmackDown with the WWE. It's going to be crazy to see who he goes against next. Uh, there's plenty of different programs we can get him started in. Um, that's, I guess we can go that as a transitional question uh, before we go to the next uh, person that joins SmackDown. Who would you like to see this first opponent be? His first rivalry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm actually thinking Dolph Ziggler. And the only reason I'm saying that is because Dolph Ziggler is kind of in that in-between role. And he did throw a little shot at uh, – had Bobby Roode in his promo later in the night on SmackDown where he was like, so maybe you just got to, you know, wear a robe and strut out to the ring and talk about how, like, he didn't say glorious, but basically he was definitely referencing Bobby Roode. Hopefully Bobby Roode yep. calls him out. That gives uh, that gives both of them something to do, and they're going to have a great match. 
So I feel like that might be the first one, and then that probably will lead to either him going for the uh, heavyweight title or the United States title. I, I He's going to be so over with the crowd. I think it's going to be hard not to just immediately push him into a title slot, whether he's a, a healer or a face. Um, and if he ends up going against Dolph Ziggler, he's going to be playing the role of the uh, the face in that scenario, yep. I think. So, but that that's my that's my guess. With Dolph Ziggler coming back, um, I would expect a couple matches out of those two. But I could, I mean I could be wrong. I haven't heard anything to mm-hmm. make me think that other than just the promo itself. But um, with Bobby Roode's cocky ass attitude, it would be surprising me he wouldn't respond to someone like Dolph Ziggler and and come out and be like, what have you really accomplished? Kind of promo. So it'll be interesting to see. But that, that, that's my uh, that's my go-to is, is those two. And it makes sense in the ring. They'll have great matches. Yeah, no, and I really like that. Um, I like Dolph Ziggler. I like the idea of AJ. Um, they could have, like, they could stretch that out for a while, have them battle over the U.S. title. Kevin Owens seems kind of interesting. The two heel Canadians, uh, obviously Bobby Roode in that situation would have to be babyface more so, but they're both extremely cocky, arrogant, uh, maybe Styles would clash. He's got some uh, unfinished business with Shinsuke they can go into, but I don't know if they'd want to do that right off the bat. But I, I really actually, I think I'm going to go with your idea. If he's not going to immediately go for the U.S. title with like the, the, the U.S. title open, um, I really hope Baron Corbin's not doing that, but who knows? That might be the case. Um, then I could definitely see him with Dolph Ziggler, and I think they would have a great program. And that's, that's – I, I, I was happy to see that Dolph looks like he's sticking around uh, because I do like Dolph Ziggler. You know, I give him shit. But he is a fun wrestler in the ring. He can put on a good match. And, you know, he had no problem, even though they didn't have the most stellar matches, being the one to break Shinsuke in. So maybe even though Bobby Roode seems like he's much more qualified for the WWE style in the ring – Maybe Dolph is a good person for the same reason. So whatever reasoning you want to have, that's cool with me. We also had another huge person I've been looking forward to um, making his debut. And I'm wondering where where, where they're going with this because it seems too convenient. But so Chad Gable is talking to uh, Christopher Daniels backstage. And Daniels wants to apologize. uh, Whatchamacallit? Uh, basically for taking away his partner with Jason Jordan since he transitioned to Raw and is Kurt Angle's son, obviously, in the storyline. And um, he said, I have a new partner for you. Shelton Benjamin walks out. First of all, I did not realize how small Chad Gable was. Then I realized, holy shit, Chad Gable's not really that small. Shelton Benjamin's that, that fucking big. And he's huge. Didn't say much on the mic. Apparently they're going to be the new tag team. Chris, how do you like Shelton Benjamin coming back? How do you like the fact that they put him in a tag team with Chad Gable? And do you think this is leading somewhere to Kurt Angle and his son Jason Jordan versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable? Maybe it's Survivor Series or something like that. I honestly feel like it's going to be, they're going to be a tag team for a while, maybe until they capture the titles, and then Shelton Benjamin will turn on it. And then you're going to get Chad Gable as the face versus Shelton Benjamin as a heel, and one of those two people, one of those two people are going to get elevated um, based off that feud and the crowd reaction. Um, I could see Chad and Shelton going against the Usos for sure, 
And the New Day taking a little bit of a lesser role, but going against uh, Brazango for a little bit, just because I think that's a fun program that they know they can get the crowd into. So I feel like something like that might happen. I don't know how they lead up to that as far as how they become number one contenders or or uh, what goes into that. Uh, with, it, with it being SmackDown, I would assume that there's some kind of tag team four-way or five-way match or however they want to book it. Um, with Shelton and and uh, Chad getting the win. But my guess is you're going to see them going after the Usos, them kind of splitting New Day and the Usos apart for a little bit after that last title win, and the Usos, uh, or, or the New Day, having um, some matches with Brzezango. It'll be comedy spots, but they'll probably be good matches because they're all good workers. And that's that's kind of my guess of where they're going, but I could be completely wrong. But, but I mean, that's what I would do, so hopefully they're on the same boat. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just I, – I love it. Um, kind of part of me, even though I really like Chad Gable, I was kind of hoping that Shelton Benjamin would have a solo run in WWE and they wouldn't put him in a tag team. But kind of makes sense with what they're doing. Um, I just love Shelton Benjamin. I've always thought he was an exceptional uh, athlete. Um, guy reminded me a lot in the ring of Shawn Michaels and that one match that they brilliantly had, I think on Monday Night Raw – where Shelton came off, um, I want to say he did a backflip off the ropes, and Sean just nailed him with the uh, sweet chin music. Um, but well, besides the matches where Shelton lost, he was just a great in-ring worker, and I really enjoyed him. Um, so it's good to have him back regardless, uh, whatever they're going to do with him. And we'll have to find out and see how this whole entire tag team uh, lends itself. Uh, I really like Chad Gable. I like Chad Gable, I'm going to say, better than Jason Jordan. I think he's... Uh, better in the ring. But it's nothing against Jason Jordan. He actually had a pretty damn good match with Finn Balor if it wasn't for Beach Ball Mania, but we'll get to that. Um, all right, next thing. Leo Rush well, signs real quick, with... Well, real quick before say? we move on, I just wanted to, I just wanted to specify that um, I'm not saying Shelton Benjamin should not ever be a singles competitor, and I think it's actually going to lead to that. I think it'll start out as a tag team, and then you're going to get a feud with uh, Chad and Shelton. So that's oh yeah, I wasn't even how, how I would I wasn't it. really I wasn't out re- referencing you per se. I just you know WWE threw it to us as a tag team right off the bat. I was expecting them to come out and have some type of program right off the bat with someone else. Uh, but then again, yeah, they might Shelton, have come with Mike Canellis. Yeah, with I mean with Shelton's size and everything, I don't foresee him staying in a tag team long. But I do yeah. see them at least in the tag team championship belts and then kind of falling apart. Uh, you know, a la like, uh, you know, Rock or, or Mankind or, um, for instance, Kane or Daniel Bryan, that kind of thing. I see them doing something like that where it can still be fun for everyone involved and they can have good matches, but then they have like a legit story coming out of it. And then it's just whether or not people are more into Shelton or Chad on who they put over. That's kind of how I feel like that's going to go. Or they could just brand split them which is very possible uh, because the draft will be coming up at, at some point or, uh, or another shakeup. So there's a bunch of things they can do to get out of that, but that, that's all I was saying. I, I just wanted to clarify so there was any confusion. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. Um, all right, so 205 Live I think is going to be the designated point for this competitor. They might put him in NXT. But regardless, Leo Rush has signed with the WWE. Now, I've seen some of his stuff from uh, 
wrestling gorilla. I, apparently, he was in Ring of Honor. I didn't even know that. Uh, this guy was in the indie scene. I found out about a couple months ago, and he's already jumped up um, to what I'm assuming is going to be a good transition for 205 Live. They need some good, flashy wrestlers. And not only is he good in the ring, but he's got a good look to him. Um, I mean, besides Tozawa and Cedric Alexander, you know, they don't have many. That, that we're going to go into the next person that joined 205 Live, but it seems like they're that desperate where they'll just take Enzo. So, Leo Rush, do you think he's going to NXT or do you think he's going to 205 Live, Chris? Uh, I honestly think he's going to go to 205 Live because I feel like he gives them something exciting. And they're not ready to give up on that, which I, I give props because originally when we were talking about this a month ago, after they canceled talking smack, I thought this show was done for. Like I thought the show after SummerSlam was going to be pretty much winding down. And it seems like they're trying to throw anything of interest at it that they can, whether it be a new signing um, or putting like grand Matalik on uh, raw this week. They're, they're trying to garner some interest. So I think he's going to go to 205. And if they end up canceling 205, he'll probably end up on NXT. But I think he might go to 205 directly um, just to work with those guys. And they'll probably put him against someone like Tony Nese or Drew Gullick. I hope I pronounced his last name right. I always mess that up. But I feel like they'll put him against more like ground-style wrestlers that are strong to catch him. So it'll be a safe working environment, and um, he'll probably have good matches with them, and then they'll take it from there. But uh, the problem with NXT is he doesn't really have anyone to work with right now. They're kind of all in storyline. So a 205 would make the most sense, especially if they get him on Raw and he gets a couple wins over, you know, two three-minute matches or whatever, and he pulls out some cool stuff. That's my guess. I, You know, it's one of those things where it's, they could go either way. I just don't know who he would go against on NXT. So. That's a very good point. Um, what I was going to say is that I would love to say that, you know, in the future we could see Cedric Alexander on the main. But thinking about it, um, on main, I think that if you combined him and Leo Rush on a tag team, they could make a really fun, nasty tag team um, in the future. They're, they're both really good in the ring. Uh, Leo's a little bit smaller, uh, so he's – well, actually, Cedric Alexander moves around the ring like a maniac. I mean, that match was going to shit, and it wasn't their fault in the ring at all, and Cedric kind of brought the attention back from all that beach ball bullshit. So, um, But we'll, we'll, we'll find out uh, what's going to happen with Leo Rush. He signed. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting all these wrestlers that we've been hearing about for months with the Shelton Benjamins, the Leo Rushes. Um, to see them finally making their transition is awesome. I think that's the whole point. Uh, here's another thing that happened. So I'm watching 205 last night. Neville performs. Enzo comes out and cuts a promo. Now, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, part of me likes it because I've been saying that 205 Live is not bad, but the fact that it seems like they're going to put him right in against Neville immediately, which Neville's a great worker, so don't get me wrong. He's going to be able to work with Enzo and make him look pretty good. But I, I feel like he's too advanced, and Enzo has not proven anything to accumulate him going right for the Cruiserweight title. Um, but I, do, I don't mind. His, his personality, he's over with the fans. Like, you know, 
it's going to bring attention to 205 Live if he's on there. So I get it. Um, but, oh, looks like we have Joel actually on hold. So I'm going to pass it to him before I pass it to you, Chris. Uh, Joel, sure. did you hear me just now? You guys talking about Enzo? Yeah. How, how do you feel about Enzo uh, being on 205 Live, and do you think that he went to the top a little bit too quickly? Uh, I think it's a great idea for him to be there. Um, honestly, they, he was just a punching bag on Raw, and it was kind of sad to watch at this point. <laughs> he was getting knocked out like every week. Um, and I think he fits better there. He's, he actually is taller than Neville. I thought that was possible. He looks so small compared to everybody on Raw. He gets to uh, 205 Live, and he, he actually is taller than somebody, which is pretty crazy. Um I like it. I mean, I know it is pretty quick to move him up to the top, but he's a big personality. He's, he's a big draw. As soon as he came in, the crowd went nuts. Nobody in 205 Live draws that crowd like that. Like I, That pop is the most pop I've seen in 205 Live, I think, ever. So yeah. it's definitely a way to draw people in. So I, I like it, personally. No, and you're right about that. And not only did they pop, but that was the same crowd that had been there since Saturday night for some of them and waited throughout 205 Live. There's not a lot of people there are at 205 Live. Um, I've, I've been there. I was one of the only people in the arena in Atlanta after they filmed after SmackDown. So for him to get the audience attention, yeah, you're right. He is a draw. Um, do you think there's some downsides to his uh, wrestling ability, Chris, with him being involved uh, with Neville? Honestly, I think Neville is um... Don't know what happened. Uh, Chris. I think I think I think uh Joel had something to say first. So go ahead and Joel and I'll comment on both as soon as you're done. Sorry, buddy. No, I, I was okay. I, I was I was done. It was no big deal. Um but yeah, I like I said, I, I think it's a good idea. I think Neville could carry him if anything. He definitely needs work or at least he needs a, a place to show off because it's not I just it's, yeah. it's not working raw, you know. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense too. Same same question to you, Chris. So I I once I agree um, with Joel and and uh, I think he's a huge draw uh, for 205 Live because they just they haven't made any stars um, with the exception of Neville and Neville's a heel and people get to see him on Raw all the time so it's not like they're going to go out of their way if they take um, if they can take Enzo off the main roster keep him off Raw and make him a special thing that's 205 Live only I think that. Um, not only does it not overexpose them like they've been doing, but it also helps 205 Live. And I also think that he's, I think, you know, I've even judged him unfairly because every match he has had is against, like, people that are 75,000 times bigger than he is because Rawls' <laughs> roster is stacked with big guys. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do against someone the size of, like, Neville or Akira Tozawa. He's not going to be a high flyer at all, but I feel like he could have, like, entertaining matches and probably sell pretty well, uh, similar to, say, like, a, let's say, like, Road Dog, for instance, would be a good example, where, you know, he's not going to be the most amazing in the ring, but if he's selling his ass off and then he has a good comeback, it can still be a good match. It's never going to be, like, a five-star match, but because of his personality and who he is, I feel like he can still get that over and have good matches with someone like Neville. 
Um, especially, you know, if Neville beats him twice and they end up having like a hardcore match or a street fight or something and he has a chance to win the title. You, you can make it work. Um, but I feel like he's the kind of personality they need on 205 Live. The same way I feel like Leo Rush is another boost to that brand. So I, I think overall for him it's a good thing. It sucks for Cass because I don't feel like they were done with that storyline yet, but Cass blew his knee out. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. It makes me kind of want to watch 205 Live just to see what they do with Enzo because the entire time we've been saying Enzo should be on 205 Live. So now that he's there, I feel like i got to tune in because I'd be a hypocrite otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you're building a damn good uh, – people are getting, are, are getting to know some of these people – you know, not not, you know, even Tony Nese to an extent, but Cedric Alexander, Grand Metalik, you're throwing Enzo in there. You're throwing Leo Rush is probably going to be very over. Tazawa is very over with the crowd. Neville, so maybe this is going to be really good for the brand itself. Um, you said it already. Let's go into this topic. Unfortunately, Big Cass really did hurt his knee Monday. It gave out uh, when he was going for his skyline elbow, I believe is the name of it. Uh, well, basically before that, he went for a big, uh, a big foot. Um, Enzo pulled the ropes down. He went out. If you watch it back, you can see exactly when he just knocked his knee. Came back. He couldn't even walk on it. Like I said, tried to do the elbow drop. His knee gave out. He had to call the doctors. He was literally cussing. You could tell that. It's all real. Enzo was very concerned at first and turned it around into like, oh, yeah, I beat him. Like, But you could tell everything was not how it was supposed to be. Uh, apparently, he had surgery, and he's going to be out for nine months. Uh, or they say in close to nine months, so it could be a little more, it could be a little bit less. Um, just sucks, man, because Big Cass, he was becoming strong as a heel on the mic. Like, he was figuring out that you don't have to just, like, you know, increase your volume and talk aggressively. You can actually, like, speak, and he was coming a hell of a lot better than he did as a face. And he's a big guy, and he can move, and it just is going to set back his career Maybe he'll come in where there's more room for him. We have no idea. We can't tell the future. But I feel bad for Big Cass. That, that sucked to watch. It looked pretty fucking painful. I got fucked up knees. So his size, that weight, you know, it, it could happen to anyone. It wasn't obviously Enzo's fault. They had that already, you know, going on. But, uh, yeah, just, just shitty. Uh, were you watching the, ma- the match live, um, Chris? Yes, I was. Um it was a scary spot, and it really sucks that he hurt his knee. It's a spot that he's done. I've seen him do at least, you know, 30 times in the past year where he hits the high boot and then goes over the top rope. Sometimes he actually hits it. Sometimes they pull the rope down. But he, I mean, it's not like it's the first time he's ever done yep. that spot. But the fact is his knee, he just tweaked his knee. Um, I give him props for going back in the ring. They definitely went straight to the finish. Like, I think that elbow was supposed to be the finish, but he couldn't even get that off which is just really a sad state of affairs. But, I mean, that tough son of a bitch for him to even try it um, because obviously he was in serious pain. That wasn't like, you know, I barely tweaked my knee kind of thing. Um, so I hope he gets well my soon. ACL, my knee. Yeah, it, it really sucks for him because I feel like, you know, that was his huge push, and we'll see what they do when he comes back. But, yeah, I, obviously with him putting Enzo somewhere else, he's not going to have Enzo there. So whatever he comes back with, I hope he's just developing his character and hopefully he comes back and he has some big feuds uh, against, you know, some big people, um, not little little guys like Enzo, but 
maybe someone like Kane or I don't know who they could even bring back for him to face. I don't know, but it, it sucks because that's that was his push and he got injured and I think that's why he knew and he got so pissed off. It's it's a sad situation all around and I hope him the best. I'm not the biggest big cast fan in the world, just like I'm not a huge Enzo fan, but he never wished that on anyone, especially on a spot that they've no. done a billion times. It wasn't like he was doing anything dangerous or out of the norm. It's just, you know, bad luck. Sometimes it happens and um sucks and big cast get well soon, man. Yeah, no, no, the thing that, I mean, I, he was good in the ring. I, I, I remember a match with him, AJ, and two other people, and he had a shot for the title, and he really was a standout in that match. Um, so it does suck. Uh, how, how did you feel about it, Joel? I, didn't, it didn't look, I thought he was faking it at first. I thought it was just part of the thing. But then I'm like, that was kind of odd because he just kind of buckled because he just buckled. I'm like, maybe he tripped or something. But then, obviously, it, he, he, they walked him out, and, he, and obviously – if you watch the behind the scenes, it's like you see you can hear him cursing. People have it on film. Um, so I'm like, oh, that's a real, it's a serious injury. I'm assuming because he can barely walk. And um, like you guys said, like you don't want you don't wish that on anybody because um, this is his this is his, his push. This is his, his time. He's uh, the, the feud is just ending now so that he can go forward and become his own man. Probably more than likely as a heel, obviously. But um. It sucks. It sucks for him because I, I like I like him too. I think he's a good worker. Um, he maybe he needs a little more work, but I mean, he he has it. He has all. He has like the Kevin Nash esque feel to him, in my opinion. He could probably work just like that and get get away with it, scot free. And, and I kind of feel really bad for the dude because he's good. So what what we're all thinking is is ten months from now he's going to have a program with Baron Corbin. Ooh, two of them. I didn't think it figure out the biggest guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing shit out there. We're gonna find out. I, I just sucks. Yep. But uh, another injury, unfortunately. NXT Takeover um, against Ember Moon. Asuka is out for two to three months from her injury. Uh, the question uh-huh. is with this, it doesn't seem so bad, uh, and she's not gonna be out for such a long time period. Like compared to big cast, obviously is what I'm saying. I don't want anyone to get injured, but I mean these guys do some crazy shit, and especially her. This match was probably, if not the best match tonight, in the top three between her and Ember Moon. It was definitely their best match. Um, but Oscar, what should they do with this? I think that this could be a blessing in disguise. Apparently, Triple H personally does not want Oscar to leave yet NXT. I think she's ready, and I think this is a good way to take the title. You know, they did the same thing with Naomi, uh, say she can't perform for X amount of time. I don't know if it works out or not. I don't remember the exact amount of days, but I'm just saying if it were to, she can't do it, or even lie that she's going to be out that long. You know, people are not going to remember it. Have somewhat of a tournament with the women involved on NXT that lasts the amount of time until we find out the winner for the Mae Young Classic, have the two of them go against each other, and the winner becomes the new NXT champion, and Asuka in a couple of months goes to Maine and just shows up on there, still undefeated. She didn't lose her championship belt. Chris, is this a crazy scenario for me to think might be a good idea? No, I mean, I honestly think it could go one of two ways, one of which she drops the title due to injury, and she never actually loses it, and they set up the... 
a tournament on NXT, and then they set up whoever wins May Young versus that person. Um, and then that will let them build it around whatever NXT star that they're trying to push out of that tournament. Because it's going to be someone they already have signed, so either Carrie Sane or um, I can't think of the military girl's name who does, like, kind of the Rosie the Riveter-type gimmick. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to be, you know, one of those two or the UFC fighter. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely going to do something there where, you know, they're going to go against number one contender and then that builds up to whatever the match was. I think Triple H's plan was to leave her undefeated until she dropped the title to go up so that she's super prepared and she's an unstoppable force. And I also feel like that they were saving her for Ronda Rousey. Um, or some big name that. that they could bring in. So on that side of the fence, I think they might not have her drop the title because I feel like they're looking – I feel like Triple H is way further down the road than the people that book Raw and SmackDown. So they might have her keep the title. And, you know, she beat Ember twice, so there should be a number one contender being built. So even though she's hurt, she doesn't, not, she doesn't have to really do anything other than cut promos until they decide who the num- new number one contender is. That's only a two-month span mm-hmm. um, before she's back. So I feel like they might roll with that. But, Dane, what you're saying is, like, a perfect scenario, too, because it's a good way to get her up to Maine. It just depends on whether, like, hey, we're they building want her to. for this. Specific- yeah, it, it depends on, like, we're building her for this specific thing. We've had this planned out for six months. Or, you know what, she's going to be back in two, we can drop the title, we'll do this instead, and we'll push her up to Maine. Because when the way the Ember Moon match ended, which we'll talk about, I thought that was Ember moving on, honestly. I thought Ember was going to show up on SmackDown or Raw as, like, you know, one of the new stars after she lost that match. Um, but it could make sense for her to carry the title and go against whoever wins the May Young Classic. So who knows? Um, either way, it's not a bad scenario because they can do both, and it would be fine. None of that is bad booking, so they can go either way with it. I just feel like they had big plans for Asuka, and they might not take the title off of her, if that makes sense. No, that completely makes sense. And actually, what's the name of that Japanese professional wrestler that you've been telling me about that's, uh, that you think is going to win the whole Mayhem uh, Classic with the elbow drop? Uh, Terry Hojo, she's not going to be doing the elbow drop. I think she has a different finisher. They told her she can do it because Bailey, I think Bailey's doing it or someone else. There's a bunch of people doing an elbow drop finisher right now, and they're like, can you do something different? Um, she's Carrie Hojo. Her name in the tournament is Carrie, uh, Carrie Sane, S-A-N-E. Um, they didn't really talk about her on the biopic, like, thing that they did after SummerSlam, but she's going to be a big deal. She's already signed yeah. to NXT. She's one of the best women wrestlers in the world. Just, like, go watch anything she's done in Japan. Um, she I watched one their, match. She's it was crazy. Yeah, she's, like, basically their next, next Asuka. She's, like, one of the few women to have a five-star Dave Meltzer match. So check her out. And um, I, I think that she's going to be a huge deal. And I felt like they were kind of going to do a passing of the torch or they were going to do, like, Rousey versus Asuka at some point, honestly. Um, those are, those are so the exact two scenarios I was also thinking was either her or Ronda Rousey was what they were going for. But like we're both saying, this might as well be an option for them to do it. Joel, how do you how do you feel about the whole thing? Well, I, I feel bad for Oscar. Obviously, again another injury. You never want that. 
Um, but I think, like you, you were saying, I think it works out perfectly where she can. I like the idea of her moving up now without actually losing the title, and this is a great excuse for the title to go off to someone else like an Ember Moon and whore, and have her fight it out with someone, uh, the winner of the, uh, the Mae Young Classic. And that would be amazing to watch on NXT. Um, but I, I, I feel bad for Asuka, but I do want her to move up to the main roster. And now she has time to prepare and get better and, like, surprise everyone on Raw or SmackDown. More than likely Raw, right, I, I would assume. Um, I, I do, I'm excited for that, though. And I think this is a good chance for them to move on, move that title, leave it vacant, and have, them, and have like, a tournament-style thing to get a new champion and a new blood because she's been champion for, like, what, like a year or plus? I forget exactly. It's been a while. Yeah, she's she's got a uh, pretty good record. Uh, and that's one thing is, like, I always give shit to Bill Goldberg, but I like that she broke, like, two of his records, and he gave her props and, you know, made a big deal of it um, on Twitter when he's not battling Chris. Um, but, <laughs> Chris, did you, uh, did you have any last statements before I go on the last news item? I will just say uh, I'm I'm cool with Bill Goldberg because he put Oscar over. But like, if the motherfucker could learn to spell, then that'd be awesome. Uh, how you get blocked from people on Twitter? All right, guys. Uh, guess what? The 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 uh, hell is freezing over. Jim Cornette is back in professional wrestling. Jim Cornette made his debut at Global Force Wrestling Impact. Uh, their their pay per view. That's not a pay per view. It's just normally on TV. Um, that was actually really enjoyable. I forgot what the name of it was, but it was it was a fun pay-per-view. Uh, in the storyline, he came out, told Bruce Pritchard, who's another great uh, mind of wrestling, uh, that they fired him and to get out, and he was taking his job. And uh, I'm very excited about this. Um, to me, they're going in good directions. Uh, there's a follow-up that's not too good about Global Force, but we'll get into that after we talk about Jim Cornette. Having Jim Cornette there, having Bruce Pritchard there, having Jeff Jarrett there, having Dutch Mantel. These are some of the old-school wrestling guys, and they're dealing with some serious talent. And a lot of them, like Moose and uh, EC3, they're not, you know, second-rate wrestlers. They're in a second-rate program, but they're good wrestlers. So I'm glad that good talent is going to be underneath them. I'm just hoping now that Jeff Jarrett's taking over, some of the financial shit is, is clearing up because my next part of the story with Jim Cornette coming into G, uh, GFW, Loki has just uh, quit and resolved his contract with Global Force on bad terms. He has left the company. Uh, let everyone know he was actually up for the title against uh, Alberto El Patron. They took the title, stripped it away from Alberto El Patron, suspended him. Loki was supposed to go against him. They canceled that and made a gauntlet-style match that will actually be premiering tomorrow night. Um, but Loki apparently wasn't happy with creative for a while, and just tonight they announced that his contract has been done. He's going somewhere else. I'm guessing Ring of Honor. Who knows? But, Chris, how do you feel about Jim Cornette now being a part of Global Force Wrestling? And also, how do you feel about Loki uh, leaving Global Force on bad terms? Well, right off the bat, I'm really sad that Loki is leaving because I expected him to be the main opponent for Johnny Mundo, who is coming in, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny yep. Impact, which I think is a great fucking name, especially if you're going to a show called Impact. I feel like that's like a, I'm the whole fucking show gimmick, similar to Rob Van Dam, which yep, I man. think he will pull off. Um, 
So I'm kind of sad about I'm, – I'm definitely sad about Loki leaving. Uh, with them bringing Jim Cornette into the fold, Loki obviously and Jim, Key, Jim Cornette have heat. Uh, Jim Cornette has called Loki the dumbest wrestler of all time before. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that played into it at all or, or he what. He got in his face had, on that had, pay-per-view. I mean, they've had heat going all the way back to when Jim Cornette was booking Ring of Honor, so this, it's not a huge surprise that Loki might not want anything to do with him. It's sad because I thought this was Loki's chance to finally become a champion. Um, he's kind of always had good matches and, and been a guy that's been around forever, but I – Offhand, I can't remember him ever being Ring Honor champion or a new, like a New Japan champion or a All Japan champion or somewhere where he was like the guy. And I thought this was kind of his chance to have a shot at being the guy, especially with LAX and Conan and the guys that they have there. Um, so I hope he didn't make a mistake by not just trying to work out differences. Uh, Jim Cornette coming in, I think, is a good thing for their company. The idea with Jeff Jarrett, Jim Cornette, Dutch, Dutch Mantel, they're going to definitely try to bring in the old-school WCW audience. I think you will see wrestling um, made simple. I don't want to say made simple in a way that sounds bad, but I think they're going to try to just have good matches, some simple storylines, and, and the things that made TNA you know, get big to begin with. I think they'll still do some cool stuff with LAX. With Johnny Mundo coming in, it'll be really cool. Rey Mysterio is still out there on the table, so that's definitely someone they can bring in. Um, I'm not too sad about them stripping the title off Alberto Patron. I think it makes sense for them business-wise. I feel like the network had a lot to do with that. Uh, I don't think that they were super high on a guy that's getting in trouble on Twitter and yelling at people and being kind of an asshole all the time, being the number one guy of a TV show, one of their highly rated TV shows on the pop network. So it's it's under. I feel like that came from above, not necessarily from Dutch or, or Jeff. So I don't think anyone needs to get mad at them. But like you know, money's money, and you have to have TV for you to have a wrestling show uh, at this point in time. So it's one of those things that's kind of crazy. But I, I you know, Jim Cornette, uh, he came out on his podcast. And he basically said, you know, I've been saying a long time I could do this better. I could do this better, and they asked me to do it better, and then they brought me in. So. He's going to take a shot at it. He's not under contract, so if they want to get rid of Jim Cornette three weeks from now, they might. He's not under, like, a year-long contract. I don't know if he's paid by appearance or paid for whenever he shows up or whatever the hell it may be, but it sounds kind of like uh, he's kind of there as a consultant and someone that's going to be a dick to people that don't want to work. Uh, I would say another thing that came out was Brutus, Brutus Clay, which I think we talked about last week coming out and saying creative had nothing for him to do and he was kind of sick of it and he wasn't going to show up so we'll see i think there's a lot of turmoil there there's obviously the people like ec3 and moose that are they seem like solid guys or they just like the work schedule i don't know i don't know what it is really but i feel like it's gonna get better yeah and that's what i'm saying i think that without missy carter involved um, I think that that the financial aspect is going to be different. I think Jeff Cornette is Jeff Cornette. Jeff Jarrett is in a transitioning period right now, and if if I was Jeff, I would call back up Billy Corgan because Billy Corgan had a lot of passion and maybe and I think he had a good mind for professional wrestling. Yes, I'm talking about if if everyone wants to know, uh, he just bought out NWA, but Billy Corgan, the lead singer guitarist from the Smash Pumpkins, 
huge wrestling mark, was actually helping out um, uh, TNA uh, for a long period of time, uh, giving him money that he never got back, and he had to sue Miss, or he had to sue uh, uh, Impact because they basically said that he was buying the company and screwed him with it. Uh, so a lot of shit, but like. If you keep on getting these guys that care about it and, and are old minds like about it and they have a lot of great talent, it's going to create a good show. Just to let you know, uh, Eli Drake, I don't really know from anything. I just know he's, he's a good guy in the ring, uh, vescular, very muscular. Uh, for some reason, he kind of like has mannerisms of the rock when he talks. It's kind of distracting now that I mention that. But he uh, won the uh, gauntlet, the 20-man gauntlet. He was one, and he beat all of them. Uh, all 20 men to win the championship. So now he is a championship for Global Force Wrestling. Um, Joel, how do you feel about all this with Jim Cornette and Loki and everything with Impact? Uh, well, I don't know much about DFW. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've seen maybe a handful of matches recently. At, I mean, not matches, but like shows in general. Um, I can't. I can't believe that getting Jim Cornette is gonna hurt them. I mean, it's possible it could, but honestly, this. This show, everything like everything seems to be negative towards it recently. The the, the news of Loki and Alberto, the the well, the El Patron. It's just a lot of. It just doesn't always look like everything's working over there, and it's it's just hard for me to get really excited. But now that I'm hearing Johnny Mundo's going to show up, that sounds cool. Ray the Fridge, and he might show up there. I don't want him to, but if he goes, that'd be really cool. At least that'll draw people like me to go watch the show. I'm not really that interested in, you know. So I, I can't imagine Cornette's going to hurt, so I look forward to seeing what he can do, and if everything goes well, I'll, maybe I'll check it out again. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand and agree with you. And um, One thing I like about it, giving options for Johnny Mundo and especially Rey Mysterio is I think they would get underutilized if they're in WWE. With this, they'll make them top guys. And uh, with, but I really like the relationship that Global Force has with uh, both Wrestling Noah from Japan and obviously AAA, because mm-hmm. AAA is, is linked up with all the Lucha Underground guys. So we see Drago, we see um, Ray Phoenix, you know, all of them performing there. I, have, I don't think Pentagon Dark's been there. I'd love to see him a part of the lineup. So it does get good reason. It does have a WCW feel to it, and that's what I like about it. It reminds me of WCW. Um, one thing they got to get, and I, know, I think they film it in Universal, but it seems like the set of an old Nickelodeon um, – like TV show, like Legend of the Hidden Temple or some shit. Um, it does. It, maybe, maybe it's not because they're going and doing them from Arena to Arena. I, I, I'm sure that they do have some type of schedule like that, but that's how it comes off to me. So it's kind of weird. But uh, those are the news items. Chris, did you have anything last to say about that? Yeah, I would just say um, for the next month, everyone give GFW a shot on Thursday nights, especially if you have Pop Network. Just even if you just record it and skim through some of it, they have some cool storylines. Uh, Grado with with leaving America, losing his passport. There, there's some good stuff going on. They're doing some wrestling. His lawyer. I mean, there is some cool stuff going on. It's not a terrible show. Um, I can not. understand how they lost it. a lot of fans. I understand how they lost a lot of fans. Um, they lost a lot of talent. Uh, now, I will say this in, in a situation, if I was the person leading this Hardy uh, legislation on whether the Hardys can be broken Hardys or not broken Hardys, I would try to negotiate a one-off deal in which the Hardys actually fight 
for the contract to be broken hardies again and kind of bring some realism into their storyline and do it around a pay-per-view. So whatever their next pay-per-view is. is, That sounds like a proposal from Jim Cornette. Uh-huh. Well, he hasn't he hasn't said it yet. So if he tries to steal this from me, I'm gonna beat his ass <laughs> and all of his Wendy's. Um, oh man, now, now, saying, now Jim's I, getting some uh, some heat. <laughs> he's gonna get some heat from me if he tries to steal this next week on his podcast. But um, I feel like you're not gonna make any money off the gimmick if they're not there. So the best thing to do is sell the gimmick off. And if you're gonna do that, you might as well get buy rates for it. So if you can get um, the Wolves, for instance or whatever your tag team is, LAX, whatever you got, and you just have the Hardys win it, win their contract back, and maybe they do a one-off. Maybe they win the titles and do a one-more-off pay-per-view and lose the titles. I feel like that's a good way that, like, the old-school days, that's how you would work this shit out. Is In a territory, that's how you'd work it out. Like, this guy doesn't want to go over this guy without looking good. That kind of thing. I feel like this is a way you could settle that where it doesn't have to be, like, there's lawyers for – Lawyers for years, so maybe well, they'll Chris, do something like I that. I love, I love the idea, but I, I feel like we have a better shot. Like I think that Vince would let the Big Show take a shit on his chest before he let the Hardys go and do a one-off match with Impact. Though, you know what I'm saying? You're right, but if he thought that he was going to make billions of dollars off broken merchandise and that he could utilize that gimmick to make them a top tag team. I, I agree. Like they, yeah. I feel like one-off pay-per-view. Okay, cool. Because other wrestling fans are just going to watch that and want to see the Hardys the next time they're on. Or maybe they can even negotiate it with whoever they beat in TNA invades uh, WWE. There's ways to work this out that helps both companies, which is what makes it so ridiculous. Because like Impact is not competition for WWE at this point. It's not even close at all. You might as well try to work something out where you can share talent. And get it over back in the like back in the old days, um, where it's like, well, this is going to help us. It's also going to help them. So let's just let's do it. We'll do the jobs and we'll get it done. Uh, I, I agree. They're going to do that. But with Jim Cornette there, I, I feel like there's a lot fucking better chance they might do something like that. Well, my thing is, I think Triple H is going to be that guy. I honestly, and I mean, people might disagree with me. When he takes over from Vince, I think that he'll look at the bigger picture. Not only that, but I, I keep on saying, and I'm sure that they're fine. But Vince doesn't care about the ratings anymore. You know, Vince, Vince is very, I, I got this, I know what I'm doing, you know, counting up the numbers. But he's going to hand this off to Triple H at some point, and Paul's going to take it over and, you know, hopefully he can build it to how he has NXT, like how he wants to. But I swear, during Triple H's ownership, once he's the one who's like, you know, him and Stephanie are making the main decisions and Vince is done, I think that there might be a New Japan fucking future with WWE crossover potential because they aren't competition and they can, you know, intertwine themselves and get a shit ton of money for it. I think he would see like that where Vince has his pride and his sense of, I bought out everyone, I finished it, I'm the only wrestling, and he's had that since the, what, the early 80s? So, I mean, he ended the territories, he ended WCW, he ended ECW. I mean, that's how Vince has built his empire. But either way, let's get into three topics I want to talk about before we go over this type of stuff. We can do it like a little more shorter. Stuff that one in particular, the first one has been bothering the shit out of me. 
This is this topic is titled "Fuck Beach Ball Mania." I'm going to make a little rant <laughs> and then pass it to uh, both of Joel and Chris. Find out how they feel. I have no idea how they feel. People that do this, fuck you. It's fine the the night after Raw if you want to try to use that type of excuse. But if you are at a wrestling event, you're there to watch wrestling. I, I know there's going to be people that are going to be like, if I paid, if I paid money, I should be able to do whatever I want. No, you can't do that at the fucking opera. If you start doing a beach ball in the movie theater, I kick the shit out of you, okay? I go to people that are on a goddamn cell phones and are annoying the hell out of me and tell them to get off their cell phone if I'm in a movie theater. I've done it several times. I've given a look to some guy that has his kid that's crying or making a bunch of noise until they go out and take care of it, okay? That's in a movie theater. Quit trying to take the attention and make it your fucking show. Watch the goddamn wrestling matches. Some of them... You are missing good matches. You, you, you did it through a Finn Balor fucking match. I think that's a joke. Quit being fucking morons. I'm so sick of the what chant. Sometimes you do it when, 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 when fucking Kurt Angle is talking. Like, what is... It's not about you. And I'm sorry that this whole generation doesn't know how to fucking deal with that concept. But it's not about you. Watch the goddamn wrestling. Sorry. Had to say that. Lil Dane Rance. Uh, Chris, h- how do you feel about it? Man, I was just thinking to myself, damn, if there was like a hundred more beach balls at every show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I fucking hate it. I think it's terrible. There's an awesome gif of uh, Stone Cold in a tag match where someone hits a beach ball in the middle of the ring and he punts it out. And I was like, damn, he was like he was he was like a prophet. He knew what the future was gonna be. Um I feel like the camera following Cesaro tearing up the beach ball incited this crowd to bring more beach balls following nights. Not only <laughs> on Cesaro, I thought it was a fun spot in the match, and I think that he was just reacting to, like, man, fuck this beach ball. Um, because Cesaro is a great wrestler, and he's used to that kind of crowd in general with a bunch of bullshit um, back from his indie days. But there uh I will say this i I listened to wrestling observer earlier they are they did throw people out with beach balls, so they are trying to block this from coming in. but the problem is when you acknowledge it on t v and you have Cesaro tearing up balls and you have John Cena talking about beach balls, motherfuckers are gonna sneak beach balls in, and I really hope this isn't a thing. I hope it was just a Brooklyn thing. I hope other wrestling fans are just like, I just want to watch wrestling like please, no beach balls. Um, I hate it when it happens at concerts, especially at, like, metal concerts, and there's, like, one asshole guy that throws a beach ball up. So I'm definitely going to hate it when I'm watching wrestling. Um, It distracts the wrestlers from the match. They have to worry about something else going in the ring. Like, usually when you get get some stuff like that happening, there's a fight that broke out. So they do a headlock, or they'll just hold it in for as long as they can until they go into the next sequence to make sure everything is okay. So, like, understand these people are performing live. Some of them are performing, um, like John Cena, for instance. He calls everything in the ring, so he's kind of making up it as as he goes. So when you're throwing, like, beach balls because Baron Corbin's in a match or some shit like that, like, this, like like Dane said, the show is never about you. This goes for fucking green shirt guy too, by the way, Mr. Green Shirt. The show's not about you. I don't care how much money you have and how many shows you go to see. It's not about you. Um <laughs> but, I, I agree. Uh, and, and the thing is it's just 
it better not become like the fucking what chant. You know, Stone Cold's still prideful, like, hey, well, people should be able to, you know, get their promo out, and it won't be a problem. I get that, Steve, but at the same time, you created something that is a immediate thing to stop and screw up promos, no matter what. It's, it's ridiculous. And if this beach ball thing, if I see it every fucking show, if it happens to me, if I'm at a show, I will take my keys out, stand up, and burst the motherfucker in front of everyone, and they can suck it. Joel, how do you feel about it? Well, um, I didn't know what the hell this was until I saw Cesaro pop up with one uh, out of nowhere. I'm like, what? what, what is, I didn't even know what this was because I saw the memes about it because I missed this match uh, initially. I had to go back and watch it. And then... I'm like, what, what, is it, what is this whole beach ball gate that, that I didn't understand? And I get it. I understand it bothers people. Um, people can be rude, especially uh, the what chance. I think that's very rude, especially when these people are trying to get shit out. But you could, they still have the opportunity to get it out. Some people are just not as good at it as others. And, and it, it sucks for them, especially. But I agree. I can't, I can't argue with it. I think it's stupid and, and it's just stupid, and I just don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, it's just not anything you can really fix because it's a group of people. I mean, it's really hard to stop something. The, the, the best way sometimes to, to stop something like that is to just not put attention to it. But at the same time, you you gotta say something so they at least know it's annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think mean, that was I, I. I think what John Cena, honestly, Chris. I think what John Cena did even was worse than what Cesaro did because John Cena completely acknowledged it. The cameras panned out to the audience. He was almost like encouraging it and thinking it was great. And even after the match, he was getting them, you know, to chant. I think Beachball Mania or something like that. Like, I, I I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming he got chewed out. What do you think? Well, what I was going to say is as soon as you put anything over in a negative or positive light when it comes to wrestling, you're either like heel fans or good guy fans, and either way you're going to cheer for beach ball. Like, you have fans that just yell yes. So, like, not not to say that, like, wrestling fans, like, follow, like, crowd, but if there's anything you can cheer for, if someone, one dude pops a beach ball up and everybody's like, beach ball mania, people are going to fucking, like, clap. It's You have to be there to kind of understand it. They were doing but, the fucking I mean, wave. It's just, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's almost a WrestleMania crowd for SummerSlam. So hopefully when John Cena said it, he thought like, well, this shit's going to die. But like, it's probably not going to die now that it made the internet. Because the thing is like, once something becomes a meme or Cesaro is murdering beach balls, now like motherfuckers are bringing beach balls. And I guess, Security is going to try to watch out for the beach balls, but it's like they do the same thing at concerts and it never fucking works. Like, there's always the one lone beach ball. Now, what I will say for every fan there, if a beach ball comes near you, just take it out because it came from like 30 rows behind you and no one's going to get mad. Just ruin it. Smash that. Or fight the person that's You'll look like a badass. Fight them. Punch them in the face several times with a baseball bat. Anyways, last topic question I want to throw at you guys real quick. I love Braun Strowman. Uh, after his pay-per-view, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed him. He's now jumped up probably in my top five favorite wrestlers, maybe. I don't know about that. I've got to rethink about that. But still, he's up there. We've been talking about New Japan for a while now. All of us are, are, are getting into it. Um, 
if you could book Braun Strowman in a program with how big he's built, you know, story-wise, over in New Japan, who would you put him against? Chris, I'm curious about your answer. I would first put him against the Young Bucks. And if he can beat the Young Bucks, he gets a United States uh, title belt match versus Kenny Omega. Because I feel like that's a two-match setup. You can still have Kenny win that um, and look good. And the uh, other, if I was going to do like a big man versus big man match, I would do um, I, I, Braun Fale. versus uh, Bad Luck Fale, yeah. So those are my two. And then, of course, Okada can have a good match with anyone, so Okada would also be a good choice. You know, I thought you were going to pick NATO right off the bat, so you threw me off a little bit, but I loved all of your answers. Uh, mine would actually be Okada. Um, I just think that he could make they could make each other look great, you know, uh, because of Braun's strength compared to Okada's uh, amazing wrestling ability just mixed together would be a lot of fun. I, Bad Luck Fale seems like the one to go to for two big guys. And, I mean, Bad Luck Fale has been in the, the mix for the heavyweight title. Uh, he's He usually goes against all the big guys. So that would be fun, too. But to me, Okada seems like a really cool uh, person for him to go against. How, how do you feel, Joel? Do you got someone? Uh, Okada's not a bad choice. Fale's not a bad choice. I like uh, Michael Elgin. That would be a strength for Elgin. You know, pretty short compared to yeah. Mike Stroman. That would be a good fight, though. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Ishii. I think that would be pretty interesting. I just, like, want to see, like, raw guys versus this dude. Because it, it Braun is impressive. <laughs> like, he is strength and yeah. Like, the way he tossed around Brock is insane. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen Brock get tossed around like a rag doll before. And that's what he did. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> I, I like it, though. I like it because I know they over-exaggerate his strength, but it's cool to watch. It's like old-school wrestling. Like Hulk Hogan used to be, do, be able to do that kind of stuff. So I kind of like where they're going with it. Braun is legit a monster, and it's fun to watch, and it would be really cool to watch him do it against some of the New Japan guys. I will throw one more sure. name out there and see how everyone feels about it. But what about Evil? Ooh. First oh, round. yeah. Evil would be a lot of fun. That would be a fucking awesome match. I think he would just he would just be great to, like, put in any type of position. Uh, Braun, I mean, dude, he's a size, like you were saying, he's like the size of Hulk Hogan, but he's got Stone Cold Steve Austin's attitude. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He can do whatever he wants. People like him, and he destroys motherfuckers. Like, um, I'm really looking forward to Braun Strowman, WWE. I think he's going to have a, a fantastic career. And I actually think that I have to give some of the credit to Big Show because I think them working together, I think, helped Braun out. And I think he learned a lot uh, being a solo wrestler in a short amount of time. And he looks really good in the ring. He can lawn dart throw fucking uh, computer chairs like it's nothing and be able to hit, like, my God. Safely. Anyways, all right. Safely. That's the other part is he can throw them safely. safely. So they don't in and hit people in the face. He throws them very safe. <laughs> How strong he is, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, the chair doesn't move uh, a single inch. He faces, like, the bottom of the chair, throws them at two dudes, and the arms go around both their bodies. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible, dude. 
All right. Well, we're awesome. going to go over SummerSlam, and then we're going to go over um, uh, NXT. Um, so I'm going to go actually reverse. Uh, I've realized this. You know, when we have – well, not that we have less time, but it makes sense for me to go over the big matches first, followed by everything else on the card, because that's what we want to fucking talk about the most. So, starting with it, let's go into this four-way Universal Championship belt that happened at SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar defeated Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and Samoa Joe. All right, Brock Lesnar was taken away on a stretcher after Braun Strowman power slammed him through two announce tables and took the third one and threw it on top of him. Uh, Lesnar eventually emerged to take out all three of his opponents. After a long fight, Lesnar countered Roman Reigns' spear into an F5 to retain the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns got the pin. Uh, all of them look strong in it. Samoa Joe, I think, got the, his uh, chokehold on all three of them um, at one time. Like, everyone looked great in this match, especially Braun Strowman. And the fact that Brock came back and was winning, well, at first, there was a part of me, uh, a lot of people know this with wrestling, if you are hurt and they're bringing a gurney to you, um, you throw up an X to let them know that you're legitimately hurt. Um, and Brock was doing that. So I don't know if he was playing with the marks that know about that whole thing because he looked fine when he came out and he looked fine Monday. Who knows? I mean, he was driven through those tables. Obviously, obviously we know those tables aren't made, you know, they're made to fucking cave in and shit like that, but that's still fucking painful. But how did you feel, Joel, about this four-way match? That was a solid match. That was a good match. Everybody did their thing. Um, unfortunately for me, after he came back, it kind of, I kind of knew it was his match after that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I guess he's going to win it all at this point. Um, even my girlfriend said the same thing because she watched it. And she's like, I guess he's going to win it now that he's coming back from that crazy injury. I'm like, well, I'm like, yeah, I guess you're probably right, and that's exactly what happened. So, unfortunately, that part kind of felt predictable. But aside from that, I thought everyone did their, did their thing. Yeah, I, I thought overall it was a really fun, well-placed match. And I think it was the excitement of me standing up and being completely mesmerized when I was watching Brock Lesnar get destroyed through tables. And I love oh, that wow. Braun Strowman was just casually sitting on the stairs, staring at like how appreciative of his, his, his job while they were putting him on the gurney. Uh, Chris, how did you feel about this match? I, I really, really loved this match. Um it was it was just a lot of fun. I think that's the best way to put it. It's not like the best technical wrestling I've ever seen in my life, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it was cool that they all teamed up on Lesnar. Um, I really like the spot. Was it Joe that he like hooked Lesnar in the Kimura lock or the uh, Coquina clutch, and then mm-hmm. he saw Reigns running at him and let go of it, so Reigns got speared through the barricade because they were all teaming on. Uh, uh, Lesnar to begin with. They were all beating up Lesnar. So when, when Braun finally took like not only Lesnar through two tables then threw a computer chair, knocked out Roman and Samoa Joe, and then flipped the table <laughs> on top of then flipped the table on top of Lesnar. I was like fuck yeah, this is awesome. I got really excited. I was like this is amazing. I think uh, one thing that broke it was Undertaker showed up to this event and someone called him at the uh, caught him at, like, the New York airport or whatever, and they were like, obviously, Undertaker's coming back, which, guys, Undertaker's not, he's not coming back. 
Just let it go. It's not happening. Don't ruin every event just because Undertaker shows up. He's probably working in the back. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Let it go. Um, yep. But anyways, I felt like that part hurt the match a little bit where people like were chanting Undertaker and then Lesnar came back out. Well, other than that, I thought the match was full <laughs> throttle. I thought everybody did. I thought everybody did fine. Um, Rain specifically did okay. I wish we would do more than just the uh, Superman punch. It felt like the last like couple of attacks that Reigns had was just all Superman punch the entire time. It just gets really stale. But other than that, I thought the match was like pretty fucking great. And Braun Strowman can power slam someone. And it looks so vicious, but he sets him down so softly. So. Props to Braun mm-hmm. Strowman. Just <laughs> bear hugging. Yep. He's a very Preston safe body. wrestler, dude. <laughs> For someone um, his size, man, he he gracefully throws you in the ring, and it makes you look like you know you're going sixty miles an hour. But you know he just tosses you like perfectly through the ropes, like it's nothing. I, dude, yep. The guy's yep. a fucking freak. All right, uh, we also, got another uh, championship pro- match. What were you gonna say? I was going to say, uh, well, Joel probably wants to talk. Joel didn't get to talk on this one either, but, like, what I was going to say is, like, props on Lesnar for selling as well as he did because I thought he did a really good job. Um, for someone yeah. that's not a wrestler at this point, I thought he did a really good job selling. Absolutely, because you that. know that that motherfucker could just care less and do what he did last SummerSlam and just go, you know what, I'm going to open up Randy Orton right now. Um <laughs> But either way, like I said, we had another WWE Championship match for the WWE Championship, actually. Uh, Jinder Mahal defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. The same brothers interfered. Hey, hey, have you guys heard of the scenario before? So they had their match. Um, It's really not that bad. And then the Singh brothers interfered, allowing Mahal to hit the Coloss on Nakamura only one time and retain his championship. The reason why you've heard that is because it's been his fucking every fucking match he's had as champion. <laughs> All right, I get it. They're building something so that, Jin, or that Shinsuke and him are going to go back and forth, and Shinsuke will probably win this in the future. I just I don't see the longevity anymore with Jinder Mahal. Apparently, they're about to tour through India. So I guess that is the logical reason why they keep the belt on him. I get it. But I think in the same tour, they're going to Japan. So, at the same time, what do you, you go through India, you go to Japan, then you get Shinsuke to beat him and win it? I mean, I guess they could do that. I don't think they're going to fucking do that. But I'm just saying, cool. it seemed like a perfect time for Shinsuke Nakamura to win the title. It seemed like Jinder had, had run his course. And I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, he looks great. He has a great body, great physique. His wrestling skills are mediocre. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick. It still pisses me off when it comes to the two concepts they have of this type of gimmick that Rusev's eating a fucking RKO by Randy Orton losing in eight seconds, and Jinder Mahal has a goddamn championship. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't wish anything bad for Jinder. I just think that based on his matches and the fact they always go for the Singh brothers, it's just not doing it for me. Um, How do you feel about Joel? No, I, I'm a fan of Jinder Mahal, but yeah, they they got it's really repetitive how they end matches. It's literally the same thing all the time, and the Singh brothers are basically just walking, punching bags. Um, and it's fine because they're obviously just there to be distractions. But I, I thought that was a weak ending to a match that was actually pretty decent. It was okay. It was terrible. It wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. 
Um, but he didn't even get a, like the cross on him really good. It was like, like he missed the arm. It was it wasn't even a clean finisher. But and he, and, he, and it was a one two three right off the bat after that. So I'm like, well, that was kind of weak. And it was put, sort of predictable the same way because you know the Sting brothers, of course, are going to interfere at least the first match. But I think you're right. I didn't know they were going on, so I guess they were going to India soon. I guess he'll be champion until at least that point, and maybe he'll drop it at some point after that. And that's fine. I guess if that's what they want to do, like that's the whole point of him becoming champion for them to 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 get in that market and and, and make those Indian fans come in, in droves. And they love their Jinder Mahal, so it's working out in some capacity. Yeah, and I mean. I get that aspect, too. I wish that, and I know it's not him because he's kind of, like, alluded to it on Chris Jericho. I wish that he didn't have to be, like, the whole, like, you Americans hate me for who I am. Like, you know, they have Mufasa Ali and Davari, and both of them are just, we love where we're from. Like, I'm from India. I'm from Iraq. They're prideful of their nation, but they don't pull that whole entire thing. It just seems old and just kind of, even with Rusev, it just seems silly. Like, it's just old school, like, 80s gimmick. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Chris, how, how do you feel about the match itself between Junior Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura? Best part of this match was Lee England Jr. came back and played violin for Nakamura's entrance. The rest of the yeah. match sucked. <laughs> Everything about this match sucked. Like, this match blew dick, dude. This is a terrible match. Nakamura owned 80% of the match. And it looked fine. It looked like a television match. And then it was the same finish they've had for every pay-per-view ever besides the Punjabi prison match. And then not only that, but it's not like even Nakamura got pissed off and got his revenge at the end. Like, this match fucking sucked. It's like the second worst match. The only match that I said was worse than this on the entire card was the Indoor Amori match. So, like, this oh, match God. was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, that was like, this is a bad fucking match. Like, the fact that WWE thinks they're okay with this being a title match is pretty fucking stupid. And also, Jinder Mahal, at least if you're going to win by hitting your finisher, have a good fucking finisher. Your finisher is just like, I picked the guy up and dropped him on his back. Oh, no, it's like a body slam. Like, get a better finisher. Like, the fuck, fuck this match. Amari pissed off. We want to talk about the rest of this fucking... God damn it. Yeah. Man, I feel like I'm on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. All right, um, now let's go. Let's let's leave Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura for uh, Chris's sake, because he's angry, and I want him to get angry. Okay, I want his blood pressure staying at a, a relatively normal level. So we'll go into the United States Championship match with Shane McMahon, the worst referee in the fucking history of referees. Uh, AJ Styles defeated Kevin Owens. To win the United States Championship, or to retain, I should say. Shane McMahon got involved throughout the match and kept getting hit or knocked out. There was a funny part where he went outside after that uh, that uh, rope, um, what is it, a 450 splash, and he landed on Shane because uh, Kevin Owens pushed Shane in the way. And he came back in the ring, and Kevin Owens goes, you can ha- handle a uh, an airplane crash. You can handle jumping off of cells, but that just knocked you out and you couldn't get back in here for the ring. Like, I just love Kevin Owens. He's great. If people don't get him, you're stupid. That's why you don't get Kevin Owens. Uh, you're letting the fact that he's a pudgier guy uh, cloud how great he is on the mic and his wrestling skills, his actual wrestling skills, even even his agility. Oh, God. Uh, Psycho Sick can go fuck himself, by the way. Uh, don't hurt me, though. Um, 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll see it on Geek Five. Just guys look. Anyways, um, so yeah, this was a match where basically Kevin Owens kind of got screwed. Um, Owens uh, had Styles beat with a pop a power bomb, but Shay noticed Styles' foot after he counted to three. He then noticed that his foot was on the ropes. Uh, later, Styles hit a phenomenal forearm, followed by the Styles Clash, finally win the match against Kevin Owens. Um, just leading up what happened, basically, they had another match and uh, on SmackDown. I know we're not bringing it around to that. Um, and he lost again, and he basically got screwed out of the title. I really hope they're not going to prolong this anymore. I really hope we get AJ with someone else, and then we can do this Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon bullshit. It's fine. I always bitch about Shane getting a match, and then he puts on a good match. And, you know, I think Kevin Owens, like AJ, will be able to put on a good match with Shane McMahon. That'll be fun. And we can get AJ versus someone else finally. How did you feel about this match, Chris? And what do you think potentially going forward? I honestly thought they did a good match, like good match as far as a special guest referee match goes. They did they did good enough with Shane trying his best to be like the good guy referee. Like, no, I'm definitely here for both of you guys. Um, with Kevin doing heel shit and even even Styles giving him a couple pushes, I thought I thought it was a fine match. It's not the best AJ Styles ma- uh, versus Kevin Owens match. And honestly, I wish they would kind of stop gimmicking their matches with quick title changes. Just let these guys battle for like 30 minutes for the title. But now it's over. So, you know, Kevin's doing his job. AJ's doing their job. It was a fine match. It wasn't the best match on the like of the night to me. I thought it was fine. Um, but it wasn't terrible, and it was very entertaining. And, and Shane did a good job bumping, and, and so did Kevin and AJ. So. Uh, I will say this, like, if Kevin Owens doesn't come out as a good guy out of this entire situation of him being screwed for two months, I am <laughs> going to get a little bit bit Because he has been kind of screwed for like a, a month lot. and a half point. <laughs> so I hope Shane McMahon channels his inner daddy and becomes full heel, which is what he should do. Doesn't mean that AJ has to turn with him, but Kevin Owens is your perfect, like, Stone Cold character. And if you don't believe me, watch his run in Ring of Honor as Kill Steen Kill. Like, I've said it multiple times. He can play that character, and it's going to be the best thing in all of wrestling in America. I can't say New Japan because, like, Kenny Omega's out there, and he might hear me. And I don't, I don't want to get beat up on Street Fighter Five later. But still... Um, I think that that's where they should go. We'll see if they actually do it. But I thought the match was fine. The follow-up on SmackDown, I'm not so fond of. But hopefully we get to that so I can talk about it. So we'll move on. Well, the thing that sucks, if this is it, and I'm, I'm hoping it is it, this, is, uh, uh, this was a program with Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. They've had awesome matches beforehand. And they just slumped them into these weird endings I don't know. It was just I. I this is I, this is a ridiculous backfire. This is worse than Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. But we'll get to that. Uh, how did you feel about the match itself, Joel? The match itself was fine. They always put on a good match with, with each other. They know how to work with each other, and that was really like a paint by number uh, special guest referee match. And shit, I, I agree. I think Shane should eventually just go full heel at some point because it's just more fun that way. Um, but it, it just intrigues me, not so much intrigues me, but it kind of uh, irks me that these two guys, who are probably the two best workers and best wrestlers on that 
programs, arguably, um, are playing are fighting for the U.S. championship when they should be fighting for the the WWE championship. And it's like it's just weird because they're they're, if in my opinion, right up there, obviously over Jinder Mahal and right there with Shinsuke Nakamura, and they should be fighting for the WWE title instead of the U.S. title. They should leave the U.S. title for someone like someone else. And that's kind of what the only thing that irked me about that more more so in the last couple of weeks because they've been playing for the U.S. title for a while. So yeah, I think the U.S. title is just to make AJ Styles happy that he doesn't have the main title for right now. Like we, we'll give you this. Yeah. I mean, they kind of that with Cena, the Intercontinental title gets treated like that a lot of times with guys. Well, except for you're the, if you're the Miz or Jericho, because then you can have the Intercontinental title and make that belt amazing and have it and keep on getting it back and forth. But anyways, let's go to the next match before that. Raw Tag Team Championship match. Seth and Rollins and Dean Ambrose did it. They did it. They defeated Sheamus and Cesaro. Two-thirds of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. is here. We're going to call them shit. I don't really know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually think they should just go by the Hounds of Justice if they need, like, an actual name. I mean, they could just go by Rollins and Ambrose. It doesn't really fucking matter, I'm just saying. I like the matching red. I like how... Shit, even um, Roman Reigns had red on too, but I like how Seth Rollins looks all badass and Dean Ambrose looks like some guy shopping at the mall um, with his hoodie and shit. <laughs> that's how it is. That's, that's cool, you know, but it was a good match. It's actually one of the best matches, I think, of the night. Uh, both the tag matches for the titles were fucking awesome. can't believe one of them was on the pre-show. Uh, but Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose defeated them. Rollins and Sheamus with a ripcord knee strike. Yeah, that's the uh, full name for it. Um, I'm just going to keep on calling it the, uh, what is it, the Kingslayer. And Ambrose followed it up with the Dirty Deeds to win the match and win the Raw Tag Team Championship. And yes, no follow-up. Shield did not get together Monday Night Raw, and Roman did not have the title. Everyone can suck it. Whatever. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Chris, how would you feel about this match? I think this is the best match of the night, honestly. Um and I never give Sheamus props, but Sheamus did well in this match, and it was a great fucking match. I think we could have done without the beach ball shit, but other than that, like, how are you popping a beach ball during the best match of the night? By the way, someone should find that drunk guy and just beat the shit out of him. Because this is the, the best match of the night. <laughs> like, it was the best match of the night, um, and those two look great as a tag team, and hopefully they do a little bit, and they turn Dean heel that's that's my hope going out of it is being like john moxley has always been a better heel so hopefully that's where they go with it um but i'm interested in their title run so i'm looking forward to it i i thought it was a great match no complaints from me on this match i thought it was great joel uh-uh, same here i totally uh i thought it was the best match of the night i uh seth rollins is growing on me uh, as you know, I'm not the biggest Seth Rollins guy, but I'm not going to lie that just adding the Burn It Down to his song is, it vastly improves that song, <laughs> for me at least. It's weird how that little me thing too. just works out that way. I don't know why, but it does. Um, I like I like them together. I liked them before when they were together. Um, I think it's going to work out fine. I like the bar. <laughs> um, I don't know, what's the name? Uh, Cesaro and Seamus, I like them together. I didn't like them together at first, but I've learned to like them, and now they're pretty damn cool together. And, yeah, it was a great match, and even with the baseball thing, which I eventually got to see live, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a fun time, and I'm looking forward to seeing Ambrose and uh, Rollins 
together. And just a follow-up, I really enjoyed watching them with the Hardys. That was kind of like a dream match a little bit. You got the crazy one and Matt Hardy with Dean Ambrose, and you got the two high flyers with Jeff and Seth. It was pretty cool seeing that. I'll throw that out there. All right, uh, next match. Guys, this could have been so much more. If they built this and booked this the right way, instead of Bray Wyatt attacks Finn Balor, but then they don't decide to go in that program yet, never mind. And then they do it again, and then they're involved in that huge six-man match. And then they finally pull the plug and try to do it in like four fucking weeks. And they make Finn lose to Bray, which is fine, I guess. And Finn then needs to use a demon, and then they promote the shit out of the demon and let it, instead of, you know, kind of just, I feel like pulling the mystique a little bit. I have to say, I really enjoyed certain parts of the match. Those visualizations of Bray Wyatt going back and doing the uh, Chitulu thing with his fucking braids where he's backwards, and a demon being right there in space. Very reminiscent of Undertaker, you know, uh, you know, getting up at that exact same time and meeting Bray Wyatt. And this, this could have been a lot of fun. They're both great at in-ring workers. They both have a lot of mystique. Bray Wyatt needs to be told to shut the fuck up. If he's writing his own shit, someone needs to proofread it now. His promos have been garbage, and he's, well, he's a great talker. But they've been rambling on nonsense, and it really has killed him a little bit for me. And this could have been fu- – the program itself, the, the match was all right. It, it wasn't bad. It, it was fine. Uh, but this could have been a buildup, I think. And I, I think they're, they're done with it, too, which is even the worst part, if they would have started it earlier. Do you agree with me, Chris, and how would you like the match? I thought the match was uh, – can you hear me? Sorry, I, I hit the wrong button. We can hear you now. I thought the match was, like, fine. I didn't think it was anything special. Um, I did like uh, – there's some Finn Balor things that they did visually that I thought were like, okay, that's cool Undertaker shit. Specifically the, uh, the finish of the match where he got knocked down and then he just, like, kind of stood right the fuck back up right behind um, – Bray, like right off the yep. bat. I thought that was cool, but the rest of the match was just kind of a Bray Wyatt match where Bray does Bray stuff. And he has kind of boring matches. Like, I feel like he needs to go against like, the best match I've seen him against was, like, the Elimination Chamber match. That's where I thought I saw the most from him as a wrestler, if that makes sense. Like, uh, as far as, like, what he can do in the ring. And the rest of his matches thus far this year have been kind of like, eh. And I expected more, and I expected a bigger build, and I think that kind of ruined the match for me, just because of the mystique yep. of the two. I, I thought it was a good introduction of the demon, though. So maybe they do more. Who knows? But it seemed like they just moved Finn Balor on immediately from this feud. So I, I don't know if they're just off yep. the Bray Wyatt train for a while or what they're doing. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think Samoa Joe could be the guy that actually brings out the best of Bray Wyatt. So maybe they go that route. That's a good idea. Um, I would separate Finn from Bray as far as possible for a while until they could build Bray back up. Because, like, him losing to him on the pay-per-view kind of kills his gimmick a little bit. And also Bray's gimmick has not been that great since the, the maggots at WrestleMania. God damn it you got to bring that up again. I think, I wish that, 
you know, I kind of wish that Neville didn't have the cruiserweight and he was on Maine, he was on Raw, because I would love to see him and Finn Balor um, in a program together. They would definitely work well, I think, in the ring. Um, but, yeah, Bray, Bray and Samoa Joe would be a good idea. You know, the funny thing is apparently Finn really likes the makeup and he wants to wear it more because before – he would just do it in New Japan because he, he thought it was cool that he could get dressed up like a comic character and go out there like the Joker, Venom. You, most people have seen those. So he would do it for, like, special events. You know, when he went over here, Triple H is the one who said, you need to figure out the reason why you're doing this. And they came up with, like, this background uh, involving his family, bullshit lineage, and stuff like that, and his demon um, concept. If, if apparently WWE doesn't want him wearing it all the time, and to be honest with you, that's a lot of fucking makeup. I think that it should be like a virus, and I said this before. A happy medium. Have as soon as he starts the actual feud, the first, next night he's got like a contact in and a little bit of makeup around one eye, and then it starts expanding. Maybe it does something like more like a, a old school Stinger Ultimate Warrior thing. Takes up his whole face. You know, each night basically like the war paint becomes bigger and bigger until the night of the event, if they were to do that, because kids love the demon, and it just seems like they should take more advantage of it a little bit, and Bray, and, uh, and uh, Finn likes that, but uh, the match itself, I don't, I don't fucking care, uh, I don't, I'm just, I'm, like I said, uh, Joel, how did you feel? Uh, I thought it was, it was okay, it was a good match, I didn't think it was a bad match at all, um, Maybe because I just really love their intros, like both of them. And I was finally, I was, I finally got to see the demon entrance again after like waiting forever to see the like. Since he came back, I'm like waiting. I'm like, oh, is he gonna do it now? Or is he gonna do it now? Or the last pay per view? Or I'm like, oh, is he gonna do it now? Because you know he always does it on pay per views and nothing. So I'm like, I guess they're waiting for a special time. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense for for them to do it against Bray Wyatt and of course SummerSlam, biggest pay per view uh, of the summer. So I personally enjoyed the match. Now, again, it wasn't a great match, but it wasn't a bad match at all. I thought it was, it was fun to watch him work and watch both of them work. I am a fan of Bray Wyatt. Uh, yes, he's kind of getting redundant and kind of repetitive, and I think he, he's, I like him more with the, the Wyatt family than just by himself. He's kind of weird by himself at this point. I kind of want him to, like, get, get a new family yeah. there. And it would be, re- yeah, and it would be really cool if him and the Wyatt family have eventually, maybe not right now, give him a break between Finn and Bray, but eventually have him build his Wyatt family and have him feud with uh, the Finn's Ballad Club, and that would be really cool, like, in the future or something. Yeah, I mean, shit, if they really wanted to, they could just say fuck it and put Luke Harper and uh, Eric Rowan back with them. Apparently they're trying to repackage the two of them, possibly as a tag team. God damn it, they fucked up with Luke Harper. I'm not really happy about that at all. All right, well, let's go to the next match. Um, Raw Women's Championship match. Sasha Banks defeated Alexa Bliss. Banks made Bliss tap out to the bank statement, once again winning Raw Women's Championship. Um, I thought it was a fine match. Um, I actually did not build into everyone saying that they actually had beef in real life. Apparently, these chicks really do not like each other. Um, I didn't really see that, you know, come out. They're, they're professional, basically. But, I mean, it was it was a decent match. Banks uh, made Bliss tap out with a bank statement. Um, you know, whatever. I, I think this is the way that they they were going to have to go with Bailey being gone. I don't really know. I have no idea. Um, I'm trying to say that this match didn't really 
change my life or anything like that, but it was fine. Chris, how did you feel? Smash fucking sucked. And I give <laughs> So, moving on. All right, Joel. Joel? I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. Um, where were we? I said uh, the the Raw Women's uh, Championship match, Sasha defeating Alexa Bliss. How did you feel about the match? It was an okay match. It wasn't a terrible match. I didn't hate it. Uh, I like Sasha Banks, and I think uh, I figured she would win. I wasn't sure. I wasn't 100% sure because they've been like, they like Alexa Bliss a lot. Um, and I like her too. So, but I was cool with the, her winning, and it was a, it was a decent match. Nothing, not much to really talk about there, though. Yep, I agree. All right, guys, next match. I'm not gonna really need that much input from you guys because it's Randy Orton defeated Rusev. Uh, Rusev tried to attack Andy, Randy before the match. Um, as soon as they called it, Randy caught him with the RKO, beat him in eight seconds. Uh, I really like Rusev. The fuck. I mean, it was pretty out of nowhere if you will, but, uh, yeah. Uh, anyone have anything to say about this whole thing? Worst, worst RKO quick finish I've ever seen. I felt like that, like, Rusev did not want to sell that shit, so he made it look as ugly as possible. Rusev, get out of your contract and go to New Japan. Apparently, he's, he's, he's thinking about leaving her. There's a lot of rumors related to that. Um, that would be a really big loss for them. Uh, anyways, uh, Joel, how did you feel? Uh, I was kind of surprised. I didn't expect it in that quickly. <laughs> um, but I guess I, I didn't really care to see the match either, so it kind of did me a favor. So either way, I kind of won. Yeah, not much to say about that match, really. It lasted eight seconds. Really? So. All right, uh, guys, Big Cass defeated the Big Show. This is probably the greatest match of all time. Oh, God. One thing I'm oh, happy for Big Cass that when he gets back, he doesn't have to work with fucking Enzo. All right, Enzo was suspended above the ring in a shark cage. At one point, after lumbering down in the ring, not bad lumbering, but lumbering with two, two giants, Enzo took off his clothes, oiled himself up, escaped through the bars of the cage. He, fall, he fell down, looked at Kaz, Kaz kicked him in the face, and then kicked the, uh, Big Show in the face, gave him the Empire Elbow, one, two, three, Big Cass defeated Big Show. Why the fuck are they burying it this bad? Like, it's getting... Uh, now we all know where the direction was, uh, but this was fucking stupid. I, why did he get out of the cage? Why did that make sense? How the hell was he the suitable weapon? Throw him down some fucking brass knuckles. Like, Jesus. Has he never watched these matches before? Chris, how'd you feel about this match? You said it was the worst match, so I just want to hear your reaction. This is the absolute worst match. First off, why the fuck are the good guys in the shark cage? Right off the bat, you're already ruining the fucking gimmick. The entire gimmick is you put Jim Cornette in the goddamn shark cage because Bret Hart has to have a match with Yokozuna. That's why dude is in the shark cage. Second off, like, Enzo Amore, the entire match was based around Enzo. It didn't matter. Big Show couldn't even fucking wrestle because he had a hurt hand, so he had to sell his hand the entire match. So you have two big-ass dudes having the slowest match they could ever have because he has to sell his hand 
so that Enzo can get out of the shark cage. Then he pours baby oil all over himself and then takes time to put on leather, leather gloves, which, by the way, smart move because if you have oil all over your hands, you're not going to be able to drop like seven feet in the ring to get kicked in the face. This is a fucking terrible match. It killed both, like, it killed Enzo, it killed Big Show, and then it also killed Big Cass because Monday Night Raw, he tore his fucking knee. So this entire fucking match was terrible. <laughs> like, right up there with that last Punjabi prison match. I'm glad you guys are laughing because this is fucking awful. <laughs> Fuck that match. Bada boom. <laughs> Greatest guy in the room. How you doing? Joel, how you doing? Shitty ass um, in the room. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> I I was disappointed because I feel like it should have ended a while ago. I don't know what they were trying to do. Why? What was the point of escaping just to get kicked in the face? Like I tell you, he's in a punching bag. Like I don't get it. Like I don't get what they're trying to do with him. Like why even try if he's only gonna get kicked in the face every week? No matter what he does, he gets kicked in the face. He's over he out of the cage week. for nothing. For nothing. The best part was like nothing. the best part was like show sold for ten minutes while Enzo got out of the cage. <laughs> like what the fuck happened to Big Show where he died oh, for ten fucking minutes? Well, uh, it was such oh, a waste. I don't get it. It was it was, uh, it was annoying. I was I was happy it was over, but I was the worst ending to a match. I was, it was a pointless ending. Thought of that. Fuck that match. All I got to say is if you complained about Shawn Michaels being the new Colonel. And coming out and doing that, and you actually enjoy that, you can go fuck yourself. Anyways, let me go into the SmackDown Women's Championship Not match. Not being the new colonel is a topic for next week, because I got some shit to say about that. <laughs> oh, no, you have a problem with it? No. Not right uh, now. Later. Later. We got, we okay, well, he on. did... Well, apparently, Ric Flair was supposed to do that, and it was last minute, and obviously Ric's still in the hospital... Apparently he's doing a lot better, so that's good. Uh, hope everyone over here is Tully Blanchard, not a legend like uh, Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels. Like, Tully Blanchard would have been fine. I thought it was a little hilarious, and I'm sure he, he ran to the bank and then ate, ate some chicken from KFC right afterwards. But uh, let's get to the SmackDown Women's Championship. We'll talk about that next week. Natalia defeated Naomi. <laughs> Natalia won the SmackDown Women's Championship by submission with the sharpshooter. Uh, no money in the bank cash in attempt from Carmella. Match was decent. Uh, I, I don't think it was a bad match. Um, both ladies look great in the ring. Uh, they're both good wrestlers. Really thought there was going to be a cash in. I didn't know they were going to give it to Natalia. And hey, you know, good for Natalia. I mean, like I said, she's she's one of from the last generation. You know, I don't think she's too old. I think she's like in her mid thirties maybe. But Either way, it's good to see her at the title. I doubt she'll have it that long. It was a decent match. They had to get off of Naomi. I get it. Weird that Carmella didn't cash it in. I guess they're trying to do that more random, spontaneous. Maybe it'll happen on SmackDown. I have no idea. Chris, how did you feel about the match? I like the match. I like the fact that Natalya won to get the title off Naomi. Naomi's chasing. Gives you a spot for Carmella in the future. Um... I feel like you can even, like, kind of ignore Naomi a little bit and have Natalia slightly turn face on Carmella, which is what they seem to do on SmackDown. Um, 
where Natalia just hates Carmella and she becomes the good guy of this situation where she's constantly trying to keep her title um, until Naomi beats her in a three-way or something. I feel like that, that might be leading to something like that. But um, I like the match. I thought it was fine. Um, not anything amazing here. It wasn't like a, the NXT women's title match, but it was a good match. So... Um, Natalia's a good wrestler. She just needs to do, stop doing that dumbass thing where the person sits on their uh, ass and then she jumps off the back of their head. Like, it just looks stupid and slows the match down. Just stop mm-hmm. doing that, Natalia. I love you. Also, you have Persian cats, so I double love you. But, like, stop with the, the head stomp that you do off the ropes. It's terrible. That was a random fact about Natalia. Uh, Joel, how do you feel about this match and Persian cats? Nah. It was good. It was okay. Um, I guess I was kind of surprised that she won, but at the same time, I shouldn't have been because I, I, I didn't expect Naomi to keep that title for very long. Um, she's had it for a while now, which is, again, surprising. But, um, yeah, I guess it, it was time for, for a change. Um, and Natalia, I guess, been around a while. Um, I have no real feeling towards it. Um, it's just a new, new, new person in charge now. Well, not in charge, but new champ. All right, the next match before that, John Cena defeating Baron Corbin. Um, I'm surprised this was not a buried alive match, um, but I'm Cena <laughs> pinned Corbin after an attitude adjustment, just one, not a follow up one, not a one off the top ropes. Um, actually, honestly, even if there is real beef between Cena and Corbin, I don't think he made Corbin look bad. I think Corbin kind of played his normal match. It might have not been amplified like he's had to do in the past, but if his punishment is now going to be being in the fucking U.S. title reign against AJ Styles, which just looks like they might be doing that, I guess his punishment's not really that bad. I mean, I guess it sucks losing your, uh, your fucking money in the bank thing, but you know, I don't think this is as big as a burial as Rusev, honestly, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that happened. <laughs> uh, Cena was Cena. You can't see him. Chris, can you see Cena? Uh, Corbin yelled at the crowd a lot, and then John Cena whooped that ass. That's what I got all this match. So, good guy, John Cena. <laughs> all right, Joel, did you get anything out of the match? Yeah, I'm like, I didn't expect it to be the first match of the event. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That caught me off guard. But aside from that, uh, it was okay. It was a decent match um, for anybody that actually watched it. And, yeah, it was it was all right. All right. Let's move on to one of the best matches that somehow made it on the pre-show, along with one of the other best matches that also cool. somehow made it on the pre-show. Fuck! Uh, tag Team the- Championship kickoff match. The Usos defeated the New Day. Uh, they had a fucking amazing match. Uh, the Usos won the match by pinning Biggie with a double splash and became the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Back and forth, great shit. Um, just an awesome match. Uh, spots they did, at one point I really thought that Xavier Wood got hurt. Uh, I forgot exactly what happened. I want to see Biggie did a flip and was thrown into him on the outside or something like that. He fell on top of him. But it looked like he murdered him. Uh, Kofi even got fucked up at one point. Uso has played a – it was a great match. I'm really liking this rivalry. Um, 
and let it continue to happen. I just did not see it coming. I really didn't think that they were going to have the title, just like the Cruiserweight title, go back and forth so quickly. So I don't like that because I, I feel like that devalues the championship belts. But how did you feel, Joel, about this match? Which match are we talking about again? SmackDown Tag Team Championship kickoff match. Usos versus New Day. Uh, I missed that match completely because uh, I figured it was a pre-show match and I didn't get a chance to watch it. But um, um, I, I'm, I'm done with the New Day gimmick uh, and them. I was kind of happy that the Usos won. I like the Usos. I like their new look. I like their new gimmick. I like. I like. I like it all. I think the Usos. I always like. I like them before, but I like what they're doing now, and I think they should be the champions and be uh, doing what they got to do. So I'm kind of happy they won. Um, they just they need to like uh, either add another person or just switch things up or uh, I don't know something for me at least. I feel you, Chris. How did you feel about this match? Uh, props for Big E and Xavier Woods taking the title shot instead of Big E and Kofi, which I thought yeah. was a weird thing. They might break it up. So Ooh. I appreciated that where you got like, well, like now that they lost because Xavier Woods was in the match, I was like, okay, all right, I see where they're going with this. This could be fun. But what I will say is it's a good match. Xavier Woods can land on his neck like Okada which is kind of fucking <laughs> yeah. amazing because Xavier Woods just landed on his neck the entire time because he's made of fucking titanium. So my boy Xavier Woods, hold it down, taking place and taking together. Um, but I thought this was the second best match of the night. I thought the Usos were amazing. I think the Usos, uh, once they changed their shit up and went full heel, they were great. And I think they're still continuing to be great. And this has been a, a, an amazing feud. I feel like Biggie and uh, the New Day need to move on and go against uh, Rosengo, and then you have Usos versus Shelton and your boy Chad Gable. But we'll see what happens. But either way, it was a great match. I do like that. I do like that. All right. The last match we're going to talk about, because the first one really does not fucking matter, not going into the whole entire uh, Miz Taraj no one's in the goddamn building. I can't believe I was watching it. Either way. Fuck terrible, right dude. Miz deserves to be Neville. pissed. Let's say that. Miz he does. deserves to be he does. pissed. He cut a good program. The match wasn't bad. Let's leave it at that. And the match, the match wasn't bad. I mean, it was Jason Jordan, the Hardy Brothers versus the Miz Taraj. There was no one there, no reaction. Miz was pissed the whole entire fucking match, yelling at the crowd. You could tell he wasn't happy. So that was that match. Let's go to the Cruiserweight Championship. Neville defeated Akira Tozawa. Tozawa missed the top rope senton, and Neville was able to connect with the Red Arrow to win the match and regain the Cruiserweight Championship after Tozawa had just beaten him a couple days before. Um, Very crazy, controversial, and if you watched UF5 Live, Neville beat Akira Tozawa for the rematch, and now is moving on to the program with Enzo Amore. How did you feel about the match, Chris? Best singles match of the night. I thought it was a good match. I'm glad Neville got the Cruiserweight title back because now people have a reason to watch 205. <laughs> good point. And how do you feel about the outcome, even if you didn't watch this match, Joel? Um, I was kind of disappointed because I, I, Tozal just won it, and I swear to God, like, Neville's had it forever. <laughs> like, and he, just got, he just got it back, and I did just watch 205 Live tonight, um, and he won it back again, and 
It's like, I mean, I want it back, but he defended it. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess he's, we're going to see him for a while. Unless Enzo Amore appears and wins the title at some point in some capacity, oh, which God. is possible. It's possible. <laughs> but um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I bet it was a good match. These guys always put on a good match. I like Tozal a lot. And um, But, uh, I mean, so, yeah, I guess some of this is a little disappointed that he lost it so quickly, like right after winning it that same week. It's crazy. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. I still thought the match was really good. And all I have to say is if the pay, if, if Neville is going to, and I'm sure it could happen, uh, lose the belt to Enzo, I hope the payoff is, hey, we're going we're gonna to put you on main and, and put you in a program with, you know, The Miz or some, some shit like that. We're going to start bumping you up because, Jesus Christ. But, I mean, and again, Enzo is early over, so we'll find out. But, um, guys, that was SummerSlam. Sucks because we only have 12 minutes, and I don't think we can go through too much from Brooklyn. But we'll do uh, we got it. two big – Go! What are you going to say? We're going to go super quick. Let's go. Ten minutes. Let's go. It never works like that, but we'll try, guys. You can hear the audience. You, you, you judge. All right, NXT Championship match. Drew McIntyre defeated Bobby Roode. How would you feel about it, Chris? I thought it was a good transition for uh, Bobby Roode. I hate Drew McIntyre. Uh, it was a good match. And, uh, Joel, mm-hmm. did you actually watch NXT? I did. It was great. I loved the whole pay-per-view. Okay. Okay. Uh, how did you feel about this uh, this match? How did you feel also we, – we almost, I almost forgot about this. How did you feel about the match itself? How did you feel mm-hmm. that Drew McIntyre is the new champion? And how did you feel about Adam Cole with Redragon – coming out and beating the crap out of Drew McIntyre and imposing with the belt. I thought it was a great match. I liked that uh, Drew McIntyre won because I knew Bobby Roode. I knew it was Bobby Roode's time, and I was very happy to see him show up on SmackDown uh, Tuesday. Um, So I was happy that McIntyre won because, again, I'm McIntyre. I really like what they're doing with him right now, and I'm feeling it. I'm getting it. I'm feeling it. And I was surprised. Again, I don't know much about Adam Cole. But it was pretty cool to see him and his boys do their thing. Uh, and I guess that's the new regime coming in. The regime change. So I can't wait to see what that rivalry is going to be like. So it was overall a good match. Yeah, Adam Cole really reminds me of aspects of Edge and aspects of Chris Jericho uh, with his personality. He's very cocky and egotistical. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do in NXT. All right, NXT Women's Championship match. Asuka defeated Ember Moon. After a series of very close near falls on Asuka, the, the women's championship was able to catch Ember Moon with the Asuka lock and force her to tap out. Asuka retains and is undefeated. It was probably the best match between the two ladies from their series of matches. Chris, how do you feel about the women's championship match? Match of the four-day fucking weekend. This is the best match. Watch this match. It was great. great and match. the fact that Asuka injured for part of it makes it even that much fucking better. It, watch it. Great, and I loved every second of it. And I love the Oscar routine. It was an amazing match, and Ember's accent was even like was great as well. Yeah, they both put on a, a terrific match. Joel, how did you feel about this match? It was a great match. Those girls always put on a great show. They're probably the two best uh, female wrestlers in in WWE. Period. I'm just really impressed with what I've seen so far. And, it was again, it was a great match. I'm happy she won and she kept her streak going. I'm upset that she's hurt, but I think it's for the best. Yeah. 
I definitely agree. Um, my favorite match was that, which it was. I think this one was my second favorite match of the night. Alistair Black defeated Hato or Hato Atami. This match featured Jim Ross as special guest commentating, which commentating was a little bit sloppy because I think there was too many people. But I mean, it's still it's Jim Ross, Morinalo, and and uh, forgot the British gentleman's name is, but all of them still awesome. And the match itself, um, Alistair Black when he came out with Cordet Orange or uh, I think that was their name, which aren't a bad metal band. I actually do like them uh, playing his theme music. Um, early on the match, Tommy busted Black open, uh, and the color, if you will, it, it really actually, I think, helped bring out the match, made them both look strong. I, after a hard-hitting match, um, a bloody Black won after connecting um, Black Mass out of nowhere. I love his finisher. I love how it's just like kind of sweet shit music-esque, if you will, but can happen right on a dime, and the, the person's done. And Tommy sold great. They both hit the shit out of each other. It was a very, very hard match. Very enjoyable. Uh, Chris, how did you feel about this match? I thought it was a fine match. It wasn't my favorite match of the show, but it was it was definitely good. Uh, I'm just not a, a Tommy fan, so it was okay. I like that Black got the win here, so we'll just move along from there. Hmm. All right, Joel, how did you feel about it, sir? I, I thought it was also a very good match. It kind of uh, kind of felt like a New Japan match, kind of, sort of, with more blood. It was pretty cool. I liked it. I liked seeing them go back and forth. Um, I'm a really big fan of Aleister Black, and I'm not a huge Tommy guy either, but he, he did a great job, I think, uh, in this match. So, um, And I was happy that uh, Aleister obviously got the win. So, very good match. All right, guys, we have two more matches, and I think we have plenty of time to talk about them. So, good job. All right, NXT Tag Team Championship match. Sandy defeated Authors of Pain. This match was fucking nuts. I'm just going to mention one thing that I thought about. and I, I, It was actually a pretty... It was shorter than I thought it was going to be, especially with them using tables and stuff like that, but the part where Nikki Cross jumps over onto one of the members of the Authors of Pain, and he looks like he's about to like take her and put her into the uh, table that they had set up previous from that from Eric Young. And uh, Killian Dane comes and does his crossbody, putting ev- the two of them with him behind it through the table. A lot of fun. Afterwards, after uh, Sanity beat them, uh, we had Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly to Dragon, or Redragon, I mean, uh, come out and beat the crap out of them. And obviously, this is a new faction that's coming um, with former Ring of Honor guys. So, Chris, how did you feel about this match? I felt like Eric Eric Young booked all the sanity spots in this match. I could be wrong, and I'm sure he'll give me shit on Twitter if I am, but I'm pretty sure he called all of it. And also, I love, like, there was a Corey Graves spot where he said, (laughs) he was like, Nikki Cross is so ride or die, right as, like, they cross-bodied her through a table with her guy holding her. (laughs) So... Yeah, <laughs> this was one of my favorite matches of the night. I thought it was awesome. I expected so much less of this match. We reviewed this match last week. I was like, I think this might be one of the weaker matches of the night. I was fucking wrong. You guys nailed it. Good job, Sanity. Good job, Authors of Pain. Thumbs up from Chris Patton. I thought it was an awesome match. Chris Patton liked it. Joel, did you like it too? Yep, very good match. Another good, another good match. Surprising. I didn't expect uh, Young Young to be the guy 
to be the for for Sanity, but uh, surprised me, and then they they ended up winning, and we got new champions, and hopefully the authors of pain move up. I doubt it, but it would be really cool if they did. Yep, um, I think one of them. Well, Sanity's probably gonna keep the belts for a while. I, I expected authors of pain almost honestly on either Raw or SmackDown premiering, but who knows? I would definitely expect to see them soon. They're ready. Um, the first match of the night. Andrade Cien almost defeated Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Johnny Wrestling. Um, great back-and-forth match. This was a really, really good match. Um, almost, uh, he wanted to tranquilo a couple times, but uh, Vega, his, his new manager, kept on getting him back on track. And the big thing that happened at the end of it, Gargano was having the lead. Vega threw a DIY T-shirt in his face. He looked at it. It distracted him almost uh, connected with a, a drop kick followed by a hammerlock DDT for the victory. Like I said, great match. I really thought Gargano was going to win, but very smart the way they booked it, I think. Uh, Chris, how did you feel? We lie, we cheat, we still. Good job, almost. I appreciated the win. I'm glad you won because I picked you to begin with. So, yay, thumbs up. It was a great match. It was. It was a great match. Sure, jerk. Um, <laughs> Joel. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was also a good match. I mean, there's no there's no losing there. I think uh, almost did it had a good job. I think he did a good job. I didn't know who was going to win, like, 100%. I thought I could have went either way because I figured they're going with a different – they're pushing almost in a different direction with his new manager and new his new uh, less tranquilo. So I figured uh, he probably might get a win, but I wasn't sure because I know Gargano's a favorite sure. and they're pushing him too. But uh, I am happy that he won, and I'm a big fan of uh, the Tranquilo guy, like Naito. So I'm excited for almost and where he might be headed. Before we move out of this well, match, let me just say, let me let me just say, almost hit a tornado scorpion death drop. I saw fucking awesome. That was fucking yeah, awesome. You're right. So all right, let's let's move past that. But like that was fucking awesome. Everybody take note. It's great. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And what you said about NATO, actually, and we—I didn't know this. I didn't know if Chris did, but Thomas told us last week that the original Los Cobro uh, Benabla or whatever the hell it's called, uh, almost was a part of that. It's actually over in um, uh, C MLL in Mexico, um, yes, and they kind of off branched it in their own. So very yes. weird, but uh, hey guys, we, we had a great show full of a lot of uh, information. We went over everything, and we did it, and I'm very proud of us. Um, but fun show. Joel, thank you very much for uh, coming on and talking with us, man. No problem. It was fun. I needed to get that out of my system. <laughs> hey, well, it's always good to talk well. about wrestling. Yeah. Chris, the light, of, the light in my eye, the uh, onion in my, my mouth. Um, thank you and uh, say goodbye to the audience for us. Really bad at exiting. So, goodbye to the audience and fuck that Jinder Mahal Sinsuke Nakamura match. Don't watch that shit if you haven't watched it already. Skip through that. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind watch of agree with them. But, um, it, it seems like we need a song. A glorious song. Send a song. Thank you, everyone. Come back and listen to us. Geek 5. Wrestling Geeks Alive. See you next week.